Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, good evening and welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We're glad you're taking your time to listen to the podcast. We certainly appreciate that. Now, we're going to talk about something today. We had a listener who wrote to us asking about having and using a scanner today and in SHTF. And it was a great subject. And I told him I'd do a little bit of research. It's been a little while since I've owned a scanner. And in full disclosure, I don't own one at this time. And for this reason... In the current county in which I work in law enforcement, I have my walkie-talkie that covers every department in the county, so I don't need a scanner at the moment to be able to listen to whatever's happening in my county. In my previous county, all of the departments were VHF, and I was actually able to program each and every one of those departments into my Beofang UV5R. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but you can use a Beofang UV5R to scan your local police and fire departments if they are in the UHF and VHF ranges of that radio. Otherwise, I'd own a good handheld scanner and I would have a mag mount antenna as well for my car. Now let's start with what is a scanner. It's simply a radio receiver. You can listen to fire department, police department, ham radio, marine frequencies. You can listen to aircraft. You can program any kind of VHF and UHF frequency in there. And the scanner scans very rapidly multiple frequencies and it stops when a signal is detected. While it's scanning all of those, when it detects something, it stops. You can listen to it. And then when it's been silent for like a second and a half or two seconds, then it will continue its scanning. Now, there is no license required to be able to listen to any frequency that you can get on your scanner. It's across the public airways, and so there is no law against it. Now, there are some laws about having them mobile in your vehicle in some cities. Now, that's city ordinances. It's not state laws. Why would you want to use a scanner to gather information? One is to stay informed. You can learn of events earlier that are going on in your town, in your area, or in your county. In an SHTF situation, it could also, well, not just an SHTF situation, but it can tell you what areas to avoid or what routes to take or to avoid. You can often hear that an entire highway is shut down. There are times that a road has to be closed to deal with a wreck. If it's not entirely blocked, they may have to block the roadway to be able to get a wrecker in to pull the vehicle out. There are times that we'll block a highway to land a medical helicopter. Another good thing is just curiosity. Just having a curiosity of the things that are going on in our area. We want to thank our sponsors for this episode, and that would be Jim Curtis Knives and ProLine Designs. Jim is a custom knife maker, and Eric Smith and his guys are custom website designers. I carry and I have on my side right now 
a Jim Curtis custom knife that you've heard the story that Krista had built for me for Christmas last year. And our website is built and maintained by ProLine Design. So go take a look at that. Now let's get back to scanners for a moment. There's some things that we have to understand about the communications that are heard on scanners. Depending on the system, you may be able to hear only one side of the communication. Several reasons for this. Sometimes there is a transmit and a receive signal from the repeaters. And sometimes there are analog and digital systems mixed. I know of one fire department that... They have to use analog for dispatching, but once they get in the truck, everything is digital from there. And that's because they're having difficulty with the digital being able to send the call to their alpha character pagers. Just be aware that you may have to program two frequencies, the transmit and the receive. Another thing about scanner communications is that you may or may not hear a lot of detail given over the radio. And one of the reasons for that is many departments today are using MDT, mobile data terminals, or computers in the car, and those are connected and synced with the CAD system, the computer-aided dispatch system, and those calls go to that computer. So I have been told to refer to my MDT for the call. And that's all the dispatcher would tell on the air. And the reason for that is there's some very confidential information or something in there. And usually, in our case, it was telling us a particular person that we wanted was at a particular location. And believe it or not, the bad guys do use scanners from time to time to keep up with going on. And another thing is like our county fire department here in North Alabama, they're toned out. And there's nothing, and by toned out, I'm talking about a series of tones that they can put in, the dispatcher puts in, and that alerts that particular department. Our county fire has a number of different areas that have their own fire departments, and that call is dispatched out to them. And the first thing that I hear, even in my patrol vehicle, which I have the county fire frequency in and do monitor, The first thing that I hear is when the truck goes in route, I will hear the nature of the call given again. So you may be able to hear what they're running on, but you'll have no idea where that is. And for me to be able to do that, and I keep up with where the county fire is running, because sometimes there will be a call that comes out with a full arrest situation where someone's heart has quit beating, And we want to get somebody there that can do CPR as quickly as we can. And all of the deputies carry AEDs. And so we want to be able to get those automatic defibrillators there as quick as we can. So sometimes I will see where that call is and I will go to that call and possibly even cut a minute or two off of the fire department response time in being able to get that CPR started. Keep that in mind that you may or may not hear a lot of detail given over the radio, but you may hear every single detail about that call. Part of that depends on the dispatch center and the dispatchers that are sending those calls out and what their policies and protocols are. Another thing to understand is you cannot receive digital 
on an analog receiver. It takes a particular receiver to be able to receive digital. In my last county, I would use a Beofang as the scanner. And that was a very, very good thing to do there because everything was analog and I could receive it on that Beofang UV5R. Now, I honestly have not taken a digital walkie-talkie and see if I can receive the law enforcement frequencies on there. That'll be a good project for me to try. Just understand that you must have a digital receiver if you're going to receive digital communications. There's an issue with understanding what is said. When you first start listening to a scanner, if you do not have some experience with a radio, is it takes a while to develop what we call radio ear, listening to hear what is being said. And it takes a little while to get used to. Somebody that's very accustomed to it can be carrying on a conversation with somebody driving down the road. The radio is talking in the background, and all of a sudden, we pick up on exactly what was said. They weren't necessarily talking to us, or they might call our number. But you pick up the ability to understand what is said. Now, another thing on the scanner communications is the use of TIN codes. Now, we're all familiar with 10-4, but that's about the only consistent code across all of radio communications. See, you have state codes, which are used primarily by state troopers and by many of the local police departments, especially your smaller departments. And you have agency-specific codes. The state has one set of 10 codes. In my particular county, we have three sets of 10 codes, the ones that the state troopers use. We have one that the county uses, and we have one that a larger police department in our area uses. There are similarities, and there are differences between those. Now, you can very possibly get a copy of those 10 codes. Some places will put them online. You can call your dispatch center, non-emergency number, call your sheriff's department, call your police department, non-emergency number, please, and ask if it would be possible for you to get a copy of those 10 codes. But you'll develop a feel for the commonly used codes just by listening. And those commonly used codes are, I'm in route, I'm on the scene, I'm back in service, things like that. It takes a little while to be able to get that. And I'm going to give you a way here shortly that you'll be able to listen before you purchase a scanner. There are ways to do that online. Now, what can we scan? One, obviously, police departments, fire departments, EMA departments have their own radio systems many times. You can scan ham radio. You can scan marine radio. You can scan aircraft radio. And we'll put this in the show notes, but there are a couple of places that you can go and you can find the various frequencies for your area according to what you're looking for. If you go to radioreference.com, radioreference.com, That will give you all of the municipal, all of the water departments. That's another thing you can scan. 
it'll give you all of those types, whatever is in that county, it will give you their name, the licensee, and it will give you the frequencies on which they operate. And you can program those into your scanner. Now, if you want to scan ham radio frequencies in your area, you want to find the one or two that are primarily involved in the weather spotting, in the weather situations, and you will find those at repeaterbook.com. One word, repeaterbook.com, and those are listed. There's actually two sections in there. One is North American Amateur Radio Repeaters, and that includes the USA and all of its territories, Canada and Mexico. If you're not in the United States, you can go to the Worldwide Amateur Radio Repeaters. Now, both of these are under Repeater Book. You go to Repeater Book, and then it will give you a choice of North American or Worldwide, and that includes all of the countries not listed in North America. Also, there is a section on there for GMRS repeaters. We've talked about GMRS in the in the past. That is the General Mobile Radio Service. We'll put those links in the show notes for you. Let's take a little break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back and talk a little bit more about scanners. Mark is a bit of a knife nut. He loves a good knife, and that's the very reason that I purchased for him a handcrafted Jim Curtis knife. Because a custom knife seems to have its own personality. It's unlike any of those generic knives you get at a big box store. Mark has a Jim Curtis knife that just screams, look at me, handle me, use me. It is made of Alabama Damascus steel, which holds a razor sharp edge and it is adorned with a beautiful red white and blue micarta handle i had it built for him special for a christmas gift last year and he proudly carries it as an off-duty edc knife you can have your jim curtis knife built to your design specifications or you can select one that he's already designed and built ready to be purchased Whichever you choose, it will come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two band-aids. Yes, it's just that sharp. Check out Jim Curtis Knives on Facebook at facebook.com slash Knives, or drop him an email at j.curtis7mm at yahoo.com. Both of these links are in our show notes, and we'll also put them on the Practical Prepping website. Back in the day, if you had a business, you put an ad in the phone book and maybe the newspaper. When a prospective customer wanted what you did or sold, they would look you up in the yellow pages and give you a call on the landline. Well, that's not so anymore. In fact, if customers are under the age of 30, they may not even know what a phone book is. Today, everyone goes to the Internet looking for information before they buy. Even those of us who grew up with the phone book are going to the Internet before making buying decisions. In the 1990s and early 2000s, it was enough to have a website that told people your name, what you did, where you were, and your phone number. They looked you up and gave you a call. Websites were relatively easy to build, and they were all pretty basic. But they were websites, and we had a presence. Not so today. Prospective customers want to go to your website, find your product or service, read about it, compare it to others, then order it and pay for it online. 
If your business doesn't have a high-quality, very professional website, I can guarantee that your business is losing sales that you could otherwise be making. You need a professional website designer and builder, and you need good, reliable hosting. ProLine Designs built the website for our latest book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People. It's a beautiful site, and it has sold a lot of books. ProLine Designs is now building our rebranded Practical Prepping website, which will include a blog, forum, articles, books, and items to purchase, as well as our podcasts. ProLine Designs also hosts our websites at lower cost than any other comparable company we found. That's value. And their reliability? Well, we have never experienced a website outage. That's reliability. ProLine Designs. As with any type of radio receiving or transmitting device, one of the key parts of that system is the antenna. We want to be using appropriate antennas for our scanner. Now, the one that comes with it, a lot of us call it a rubber duck, but that little short antenna, if you're getting a handheld, may be sufficient if you're in the city. You may need a little more antenna if you're out into the suburbs or in the rural areas. And if you're way out in the country, you're going to need even a better antenna to be able to receive on that. Now, the good news is, just like any other type service, you can have the antenna that's mounted on your handheld device. You can have a magnetic that goes on your vehicle. You can even use that magnetic antenna inside your house. I've done that many times. You can also put up an outdoor antenna, if you so desire, and get even further with your reception. Now, there's some considerations with this. One is elevation. Obviously, the higher you are, the better you're going to be able to receive. Power transmission lines are a consideration. If you've got a set of high-tension wires going across your house, you're very likely to be affected by some of this. So the power transmission lines, how close they are, how far they are away, that can play into your reception as well. You can get handheld, you can get mobile, you can get base receivers. But as I mentioned a while ago, some cities have ordinances forbidding mobile use. And honestly, this was put into the city ordinances back in a time when there were a lot of burglars and other criminals that were using scanners to be able to keep up with where the police might be. Or if a call was dispatched to an alarm and they heard that, they knew that they had to get out of there now because the police have been dispatched. Another consideration is the price. You can put a little bit of money into an antenna, or you can put a lot of money into an antenna. And usually the better the antenna, which doesn't always mean the higher price, but find a good quality antenna. Now, a scanner must be programmed ahead of time. It's not something that you can just turn it on and dial it in and get it. Those days are kind of over. They started out, you had to use crystals. You had to have the crystal that was cut for that frequency. Then they came out with digital programming, and you can program those in. And some of these today have digital programming that you just punch in the numbers. And there's even computer software to control some of these scanners as well. So there's a lot of features out there. And you need to have those in there ahead of time 
because when you hear sirens, it's not the time to be trying to go to radio reference and get the frequencies and try to get them in. It may all be over before you get that done. It's not the time to be going to repeater book and looking up your local Aries amateur radio emergency services frequency or repeater that carries the weather information on it. You need these things programmed in ahead of time. Now, I mentioned digital versus analog. Many departments are going digital. The FCC requirement of a few years ago was that all public service transmissions had to go narrowband. But there were some unscrupulous salesmen that used that opportunity for some radio companies, and they falsely told some of these agencies that they had to go digital county I worked in at that time was under the understanding that they had to go digital and a deputy that was sitting there in one of the meetings said no sheriff we don't have to go digital we just have to go narrowband and all that was was a software setting that changed those radios from broadband to narrowband so all it took was setting up that in a computer and each deputy coming by and having his radio reprogrammed, and we were ready to go. But many departments did go digital during that time as well. Now, there's a lot of advantages to digital, but I don't know of a department that's using it to its fullest capability because with it, you can send text messaging. You can even send video and photographs across that as well. Now, a little bit about the technical gobbledygook, okay? We'll make this short and sweet. There's digital versus analog. There's trunking systems. A previous county that I had worked for used a trunking system, and there were 20 different frequencies And the computer in the control center chose which frequency that was transmitted on. So half of the transmission went on one of those frequencies, half went on another. And they were totally random. And it was very difficult with a scanner at that point in time to be able to keep up with those conversations. Now, the trunking system capable scanners of today can do that. You've got APCO systems. You've got p 25 You've got all types of systems out there, so I'm going to say check your area before spending money on a scanner. You can usually get that information by calling your sheriff's department, talking to whoever is over the communications center. Sometimes that information will be listed in radio reference, but do your due diligence on that before you spend money. In many of the cases, there are DCS codes and CTCSS codes or tones, and those tones are transmitted before they're sub-audible tones, and they are transmitted to tell a radio or a repeater to wake up is basically what it does. It cuts down on some interference that can come in by not letting that interference open that repeater. So you probably will want a scanner that will do different tones. And a lot of departments are going to encryption. 
and that requires decoding for you to be able to hear that. Different types of scanners do a lot of different things, and usually there are frequency banks in those things. So you can put all of your police in one, you can put all of your fire emergency in one, your EMS, you can put your ham radio in another, you can put marine, you can even monitor railroad, civil air patrol, military aircraft, you can't monitor every military transmission, but as they are going through and using general aviation frequencies, talking with the towers and talking with the flight service centers, you will be able to hear that as well. Some scanners will even let you do FRS, GMRS, mutual use radio service, and even racing banks. Most of the professional racing tracks offer scanning between the car and the crew chief, so you'd be able to listen to those. Now, some scanners are receive-only VHF, others are VHF and UHF. Some will receive analog-only, others receive analog and digital. Some will scan for tones and encryption, some won't. And prices vary according to the features and the capability. If you're purchasing one that does analog, digital, trunking, and encryption, expect to pay a little bit more money for that. Now, when it comes to recommendations, I don't have a bunch of specific recommendations on scanners. I've done a lot of research, and one of the things that I came back to back when I got into scanners back in the 70s, Bearcat was the king of the crop. And Uniden is owned by Bearcat. So I would kind of default personally, and once I retire, I will buy a scanner, and I'm guessing it will be a Uniden, and it will be able to monitor everything in the county I am living in, which involves encryption in some of the departments and tones on there. So I will purchase one that will be able to do that. The Uniden Trunk Tracker 5. I did do some research on this particular one. Now, it's a handheld, and it's about $370. Now, there are lower-cost ones, but this one will do just about anything you could want to do. And that is the Uniden Trunk Tracker 5. Now, Whistler, the Whistler brand, I'm really impressed with their scanners as well. I don't have a particular model number right here with me. They have scanners available from very reasonable up to whatever you want to pay for those as well. If you want to get into a little bit of listening to scanners and you want to do that without shelling out a bunch of money, there is some online apps that will let you do that. And one is Police Scanner. Now, I've used this one on my telephone at times in the past. If I want to be out of town, actually, the county that I came from is monitored and put onto police scanner. And so I could be out of town and able to listen to what was going on at my home department. So police scanner is an app that you can get. And that, I believe, is a free app. There's another one called Broadcastify. And it will do a very similar thing. Now, these don't cover every single department because it requires that someone scans that department and links it to that particular service. But that would be something that you could take a look at 
and just get an introduction to scanners, see what kind of things go on there. You can look at radio reference and find out what those frequencies are. You can look at police scanner and see what cities are available, see what counties are available, see what states. Just keep in mind that it does not cover every department. Also keep in mind that in an SHTF situation, if our communications were to go down and we're depending on internet scanning capability, we'll probably lose that as well. Now, in some areas, the best weather information you can get is on ham radio repeaters. And part of this depends on their particular Aries group. Some do a rip and read. They give you the last thing put out by the National Weather Service. Others do a much better job of giving you current information. The group that I was involved in, in St. Clair County, Alabama, we actually had guys sitting in uh, our cubicle. We had a pretty large cubicle there in the EMA, and they still do. But there are folks that respond to the EMA. There are folks that respond to different shelters because we would put a communicator, a ham radio operator, in every shelter to be able to pass information back and forth. We had people living in different areas of the county. One is watching the radar Another is watching the radio system, keeping up with what's going on, logging all of the transmissions that are coming through, and giving current information. Uh, Just as an example, it might say, Randy, it's coming your direction. See if you can get eyes on this. We have very good radar operators that are able to keep up with where that storm is, where it's tracking, where it's headed, and they're using gr level three radar you can look up gr level x and that will give you all of the different things that are there and i will tell you if you're a weather nerd like i am gr level three is worth the cost you can also go into repeater book and repeaterbook.com and you can find your county you can find your city you can find the ham radio repeaters and if you see a little WX in the codes out there. Some of them have emergency power. Some of them have phone auto patches. But if you see the little WX, you will know that that's where the weather information is in your county. Now, if you are looking at getting into ham radio, it will not only give you the frequency, it will give you the offset. It will give you those tones that you would need to be able to use that. And it will tell you where that particular repeater is located. So to wrap it all up, a scanner can be a good prepper item to have. It does take some learning and it has to be pre-programmed, but it can be some very valuable information. So do your research. Decide if this would be an asset to your prepping efforts And, you know, as always, we would love to hear your thoughts and experiences as well as your suggestions for future podcasts. So we just want to say happy Thanksgiving for this week, and we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Hopefully you've learned something, picked up a tip, or something we said may have triggered a thought that will help you in your prepping journey. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode and share it with your friends and family. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.